You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Uh, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Is that true? You've asked me that a number of times. Well, I, you know, people ask me constantly, so I feel like I should ask you again. It would take... Well, let me ask you, Dave. Do you Do you spend this time coming up with this story, researching this story, and then we write lines to it? I send it... That's a process that happens? I send it to you, and you send me back notes, and then I revise, and then I send it back to you, and then you give notes, and then then I revise. And we do that about 50, 60 times. a lot of people don't understand the character... Gary that you've created on this show. He's a rascal. It's a fun part to play. He's a rascal. Yeah. He's a rascal. You look, when it comes to history, he's ill-informed, knows little, uh, and but a real fun suit to put on. Yeah. I have enjoyed the hell out of playing him. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, I mean, I've been typecast without mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. You know, people, um, honestly, even at some shows I, I do, without you, people will... Uh, be calling for the character, and I'm going. You know, no, I'm. Hold, I'm not. Hold, yeah, go ahead. You have a question. Yeah. Shows without me. What are we? What are you talking about? I'm kidding, dummy. I don't do shows without you. What are you stupid? <laughs> you got McNuggets in your head? Come on. Wow. That, no, it just... it's a turn of phrase. It's a turn of phrase. Okay. It's a turn of phrase. It's you've never heard that turn of phrase. I do I, no. when I do shows without you. You've never heard no. that. It's a just it's a popular way of saying to someone that uh, sometimes when I'm without you, it said you know I do shows without you. It just says that you're alone. It's a way to say you're alone to the person that you're talking to, who you sometimes have spent time with. So it's a very simple expression that uh, I've uh, I was shocked you haven't. I mean, you're the history guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you not uh, heard of that so one? I'm, but, um, I'm just gonna yeah. don't step out on me. Know your place. Mm-hmm. I would never. Know your place. I would never. I did. Or there I never. will be consequences. I, I, I don't think you want to release this part of the show. People should not, this curtain should not be peeled back this very, far. Very, very serious consequences. All right. I, I'm sorry, Papa. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy! Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy! On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> My room's a place! Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo! No sleep tell hippo! That action partner. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. July 23rd, 1931. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Cristo for... My Spanish-speaking friends. Because we also have a version of the dollop in Spanish. David McCain was born Mm -hmm. in Sebastian, Florida. Obviously named after Sebastian. I've conquered it. Um, Midway, it's midway on the east coast of Florida, right? So his father, Robert, was a fisherman. And Robert thought David was going to be the next big thing. Hot. This kid, he's just like, my kid's going to be hot shit. 
in any sort of specific way Doesn't or just like generally just, just like you're going to you're going to really just be something sure something will happen something's going to okay. happen with this sure. kid i mean just look at him sure sure okay uh he had other kids uh but but david and robert were incredibly close they would take long rides in his ford truck together they'd sit up at night talking when everyone else had gone to sleep you're my best friend <laughs> Such a weird thing for a dad to do. You're my only friend. Hey, you're. My, I know you're seven, but what do you say we stay up tonight just talking about stuff and drinking beers? I'm exhausted. I'm really tired. Hey, you're staying up till my three. My legs are sore. All night, everybody. I, I don't think I have that clock inside me. God damn it. You're something special. You're going to stay up all night and talk about it. I kind of think I'd just like to go to the arts and take it easy. Have a whiskey. Sit down. I don't enjoy what it does to me normally. We're going all night, future big boy. Oh, Dad. Uh, I mean, sorry, Robert. <laughs> I know you hate when I call you Dad because we're peers. So he thinks David's a future star, and he tells David that all the time. No. Uh, he tells his son, he's like, you have something, you have something special, and what opportunity. Oh, God, this is... By the way, this is basically parenting today. <laughs> It really is. Right? Isn't that what it is? It's like, you're going to be the president of the United States, boy. Uh, I'd rather just work in a factory and go home and, uh, you know. Absolutely not. You will invent a new way to hand glide or I will kill us both. I don't want to. I really just wanted to have like a job and then I go home and I, you know, hang out with my kids. I want a DNA test because this spawn is not mine. He's foreign. Yeah, Dad, I don't want to be anything special. I just want to be a guy. You got a quitter gene in you, and that's not in our gene it's pool, not, son. It's not, I, just don't, I just don't want to be that. I just want to be a normal dude. See how far you can throw this axe, boy. I bet it's just going to be quite a merry distance. What? Okay. All right, now you're going to fight a dog. <laughs> We're going to find what you have soon. <laughs> so, uh, so he tells him if opportunities come your way, you have to seize them. He goes to Vero Beach High School, and David gets straight A's. He is the senior okay. class president. He is okay. president of the Honor Society, and most importantly, sure. he is the official class poet. Uh, that's a, a role that uh, I had that role at my school, and boy, I did I fuck that up. I was on the poet team. I didn't make uh, the official class poet, but I, was, I would go to other schools, and, and we'd poet against them. Yeah, I, I I mean I remember going to the homecoming poet off. Yeah, I mean and, that's, um, that was big. Yeah, that's the big game. That's when the alums come out. You know, yeah. it really. Yeah, it's an event. Uh, oh, and David was the class valedictorian, so he's hot shit. Uh, he sure he goes to the University of Florida on a full scholarship. He would sell cigarettes on campus sure. for uh, extra money, a little side hustle. Okay. It's totally normal. Just sure. a dude sold, selling sold. Lucy's out there. Someday you're going to sell Lucy's at school, boy. <laughs> you're going to be big. <laughs> you're going to be a dispenser. Uh, he does very well in college. He became a member of the prestigious Florida Blue Key Speakers Bureau. I have no idea. Also, I don't. Very prestigious, care. obviously. We've all, when I hear the name, I get goosebumps. Yeah. So uh, while Dave was at the University of Florida, he met Joyce Paquin in the fall of 1950. While he was checking his dad into Fort Pierce Hospital, his dad was ill, and uh, Joyce was temping there. What are you taking me to a doctor for, boy? <laughs> you can figure it out with your hands and your intuition. Cure me! Come on! You're the healer! Which, 
Put your hands over me, Miyagi style. Tell me where it hurts, boy. You can take out whatever you want. Boy, do I have faith in you. So he and Joyce start dating. Uh, she likes him, but she thinks he's, she does think he's too nice. He would open car doors. Okay. He would hold chairs for ladies. Like he was the, like a Southern gentleman type. He studied, sure. uh, he studied tons. Like he didn't stop studying. So they, they never really had much time together as a couple. A friend said, quote, he wasn't brilliant, but he worked harder, studied harder than anyone else. He absorbed everything he could get. Part of that is probably is because of what his father's like instilled this yes. pressure in him. So he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I, I must I must achieve. Uh, yeah, 100 yeah. um, percent. So he really wasn't spending much time with uh, Joyce. Like they're not really dating. And uh, then he sees her talking to a guy one day and he walks up to her. Uh, them and he grabs her hand and he s- looks at the guy and he says Joyce isn't dating anyone and then he leads her away. Totally normal, mm-hmm. very normal stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's no, that's how it works when yeah. you've claimed property. Yeah, no. When you, you when when a woman is yours, you take woman. You take yes. You take you woman. Ta- I, Dave, you don't even need to go on with the directions. Yeah. We all know what it is. You yank woman yeah. and you you shout at other man. Yeah, yeah. You go, man, woman, mine, and you pull woman away. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, it's good. I always I put a little tag on them sure. just so it's sort of just like you know it's clear. Yeah. Uh, so they end up getting married in April 1954. He graduated. I love that this tactic worked. Yes. That I he mean, was like, "He's mine," and she was like, "Oh darn!" It's a really good. It's just a good thing for uh, kids. Yeah, kids when your soulmate here. is treated like a game of tag. Right. So he graduates in two years. That's how hard he was studying. He graduates in two years. And then he... Well, I, I did it in one, but good uh, for the yeah, kid. Yeah, he was lazy. And then he goes on to get a law degree. And okay, he sets up a law office in Fort Pierce, which is around the area where he's from. And he very soon was considered the best lawyer in the city. Okay. He dresses in an old-fashioned manner. Uh, now, they have, they have uh, four kids. And so he would dress okay. in an old-fashioned manner, but at home he wore as little as he could. Okay. So, uh, and we're in like what, like nineteen, like we're in the fifty s- now, basically sixties, seventies-ish. Okay. So, and he and he, uh, d- he did this for a long and time. So he's dressing like he's from the eighteen hundreds, I guess, no. or nineteen twenties. Well, Ta- daughter Tamara Lee quote. We girls had a terrible time with our first dates. Dad took great pleasure in picking the boys apart. Not only that, but he would always come walking into the room in just his underwear and socks. We could never get him to change, so he'd warn our dates ahead of time. So we'd warn our dates ahead of time. Uh, my father will be nude for the event, too. Just so you know. Let me ask you this. When you've met other potential suitors' parents, do you see the genitals of the male? Yeah, so you're going to see our dad's balls. That's a first date. Hello! Well, 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 Elliot, a pleasure, finally. Do you like What's Mil- with all the clothing? <laughs> do you like Milton Berle? Uh, yes. Can I fix you anything from the decanter area? Don't mind my bare bottom. It's fine. It's a little red because I've been sitting in leather all day. Now, let's talk about what we want for our... My lovely daughter in the future. Have you grabbed her hand yet and claimed her as yours? Oh, no. That's the next move, boy. Now, excuse me while I just lift my balls up a little to fold my legs. Now, what I wanted to say to you while I spin this globe and have a sip on the old-fashioned... Boy, don't keep looking at the jennies. The eyes are up here, lad. I'm scared. Good Lord. Of course you're scared. We're all scared. But, um... 
When I was a boy, I'm going to go to the window for this. It's a little dramatic. Go ahead. Watch me walk. My father told me that I was going to amount to something. Gosh, was he right. I worked very, very hard for what I have. Does this mole on my ass look strange? No, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's spreading. I just wanted to take your daughter bowling. Uh, Oh, great. I'd love to. Yes, we'll all go bowling. No, no, it's just me. Uh, Okay. I'll get my ball handbag. Uh. There we are. That's right. Spit it in here. It's not uncommon to get a little sick around me. There we are. Right in there now. Spit it up. Now, did I mention that David really liked drinking? Oh, well, it kind of maybe factors into this underwear move. <laughs> he was a big drinker, but he was also a workaholic at the same time. Right. Uh, so he had uh, a lot of holics. Uh-huh. Uh, so Joyce really didn't, she didn't see much. She was always working until very, very late in the evening. He, w- he became the Fort Pierce city attorney for two years. He was le- elected to the city's civil board of appeals for four years. He was on the Florida Junior Bars Board of Governors for a term. So he's like, you know, he's getting a lot done, but the family's, you know, being neglected. Right. And he's getting drunk. He's getting drunk. He makes tons of political connections all over the state. Okay. okay. Uh, it's a, at this point, Florida is a Democratic Party state. Sure. And it had, it had been one for a very long time. But in 1966, David decides to campaign for a Republican running for governor, Charlie Kirk. Okay. And Dems supporting Kirk were called Demo Kirks. Wow. So the marketing's always been on point for them, huh? <laughs> Demo Kirks? Yeah. Oh, my God. So Kirk wins, and he puts David on the 4th District Court of Appeals as a judge in 1967. Okay. So big move. Okay. Big move up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time... Yeah, I mean, an enormous move, really, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. But he's really getting politically connected and moving along. Right. And um, now, at this time in Florida, Supreme Court justices were elected, not picked by a government. <laughs> After being put on the appeals court, David immediately, the next year, runs for the Supreme Court. He loses, but he does well. Jesus. Okay. Now, afterwards, he falls out with his campaign manager... And the campaign manager starts talking shit publicly. Okay. <laughs> All right. And he says that David was soliciting, quote, bundles of cash in contributions from lawyers who had cases that were pending before the court. Wow. That is, uh, I mean, <laughs> okay. It's a different system. So he's like, uh, because he's, so he's just he's he's running he's, for office. He's a Donahue. Yeah, he's running right. for office. So he's like, hey, how about a campaign contribution, or you'll lose. And what if we made that the government? <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, his campaign um, manager, said he he personally witnessed David take large amounts of cash from four different lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and then, sure enough, okay. he tried to get them favorable rulings. He asked right. for campaign contributions from defendants in cases he was going to preside over. Wow. Um, those included Nancy Walkman, who was the John Deere heiress. The inventor of the Walkman. Oh, the, okay. John Deere. Oh, uh, obvious. So she's got that Deere money. She's got that John Deere money. You know what it's called? It's called Bucks. 
<laughs> she also he also took uh, he also tried to get money from Alice uh, Mary Alice Firestone of Firestone Tires. Oh my lord! So um, and they both had and they and they are de- they are defendants that he's trying to get money from. Well, they, or that's just different. They had well Mary uh, Mary Alice Firestone uh, shot her husband who was most probably abusive. Um, okay. Nancy Walkman's thing was I can't remember what it was, but it was you know, it, but it's like that. They both had been right. Okay. Uh, convicted of crime. So Joyce was, um, Joyce now is just sick of, she's sick of the politics. She's sick of all the drinking and she files for a divorce and takes the four kids. Now pretty, he's like, I'll be the judge for the divorce case and, uh, not granted. (laughs) Plus I'm going to need a check. Yeah. I'm going to also need a bribe for that. So, uh, he very quickly gets remarried to a woman. He had also dated in college, Mary, uh, sorry, Helen champion. Like, just months Helen later, Champion. he's married. Okay. She has okay. two daughters already, and then the two of them have a baby at the end of 1969, which David cannot get enough of. He loves this baby. So he's maybe got a little Robert David thing going on with his baby. Well, it also looks exactly like him. Ah, uh, yes. I often think that is where, like, the root of a lot of... I mean, I'm, I don't know anything. I don't have kids. But I think sometimes, <laughs> like, when people are overdoing it i'm like yeah because it's like you and you're like it's me look at me look at me hey, it's like, a me here it's like a little tiny me look at, a little, look at me walking around look at me with uh, look at how i'm stacking up this stuff right now look at me i'm making fake spaghetti like a goddamn genius over here look at me i'm gonna take a bunch of pictures of me uh, so in 1970, one of the Supreme Court justices dies, and a seat on the Supreme Court opens up. Now, that, that's when a governor can appoint one. It's not the regular election cycle. So okay. the president the president <laughs> that's elect That's also very strange. It that's is. a weird little, like, in-betweener. So the president-elect of the state bar is told that Governor Kirk is going to pick David. Okay. And he is horrified because he's from Fort okay. Pierce, and he knows David very well. And he thought, quote, he is a crook and an absolute moral degenerate. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, get him on the court. <laughs> Hurry. <laughs> and then the state bar gave the governor a report that basically said David is suspected of all these criminal activities. Right. And I'm going to. Okay. And so the governor obviously takes okay. that and is fucking and furious. Wipes his ass with it. Furious. Oh, really? Furious. Because. Furious at what? At being given the knot, like of, of being called out like that? No, he thinks Democrats are trying to undermine David McCain. He's like, oh, this uh, guy's a great guy. They're playing politics. Yeah. And so he's, right. he's livid. He cannot believe. So he just immediately picks David and he's like, David's on the Supreme Court. Okay. Man, you gotta love how we operate. We are just like we're I mean, we're just every every version of it, it's just bonkers. We just are like it's just it 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 ha- I, when was the last time it was like about like doing the right things? That's been gone for how long? Oh, just so long. A hundred years? So, Two hundred years. I mean like if, ever? If it, I mean it's just been gone. If it ever was, I mean honestly. Yeah, right, right. Um <laughs> so David's only thirty nine. He's on the Florida Supreme Court. Sure. Uh, papers call him a traditionalist, say he's not a reformer. And David says, quote, this has been a dream of mine from the time I was a young boy, first to be a lawyer and then a judge. 
What boy? Mm, God, the money I'm gonna doesn't make. sit in his house and just dream of being a lawyer and a judge. Oh, it's I just, used to get in a lot of trouble because I'd be putting the hammer through the wall, saying "Order, order." Oh, well, that's why so many kids wear judges' robes around the house. Oh well, every Halloween. I mean, what's the costume you can't get? Judge robes. That's right. Every goddamn yeah. time. Yeah. Every. No, time. no. You got to order gavels online. It's just <laughs> crazy. So. You went as a judge last year, but I want to be a judge again, I guess. Do your kids always want to be judges like mine? Son, we bought you a new gaffle. Oh, my God. Order. Order. Sustained. Sustained. Bailiff, get him out of here. I don't want to hear any more of this garbage from you. I want a 10-minute recess. Mother, father, please approach the couch. So the allegations by his ex-campaign manager of taking the campaign contributions, well, they come up as soon as he's picked to be on the Supreme Court. They're, they're once again right. in all the papers. And sure. David says, quote, I will not dignify any comments made by such a bitter individual except to say they yeah, are pl- not true. He's playing politics, Dave. Everybody's playing politics. Now, the aide, the aide now expounds more on what he saw, and he says... When one lawyer, or this happened a few times, I guess, but it says when a lawyer donated $25, David said, quote, let's hope he doesn't come before me on the appellate bench because he's lost his case. Wow. I mean, he gave, the guy gave him money. Yeah, he gave him money, <laughs> just not enough. I mean, the guy bought a yeah, he's like a 20, I mean, by the way, it is a dumb bribe amount. <laughs> like, if you're going to bribe a judge, it's not like a valet. <laughs> You know, you don't give him the keep it up front money. It's yeah, but that, maybe the guy didn't have any money, or he just like the, well, it, the whole thing's garbage. But it's just like, look, if if you're gonna bri- if you're gonna play the game, let's play yeah, the game. All right, yeah. Here, here's uh, eight dollars in nickels. So if you could, uh, uh, not guilty feels pretty good, doesn't it, Your Honor? <laughs> Uh, he also so David also gave favorable rulings for defendants who could help his reelection. He took money that now the the guy says he took money from gangster Meyer Lansky. So it's not great. I mean, it's not great news. Sure. But it doesn't matter. No, no, no. It doesn't matter because he's on the Supreme Court now, right? He's already on the Supreme Court. Right. (laughs) So Helen says, look, Helen says he loved it. And the daughter said this is a great time in their lives. And uh, Helen said he wanted, quote, so badly for his opinions to be a work of art. I don't get this. This is what I never understand. It's this... Okay, so he is someone who is just straight up getting bribed. 100%. And, and, and we know that, and that is true, and yet they're allowed to still be painted as some sort of visionary. It's like, they're not. There's, like, nobody, nobody has... Like, nobody has any actual beliefs anymore. I mean, there's, like, three people who have actual beliefs. Everyone else is just like, all right, well, you paid me to do that. I guess, yeah, okay, I, I won't vote for that. Like, and yet, you're, and yet we're talking about ideologies all the time and stuff. Like, he's a traditionalist. He believes in It's like, no, 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 no. It's just they've landed in this version of corruption. They're not like, ah, oh, this is what I stick to. It's like, no, I mean, I, I you know, whatever, value the Coke brothers uh, but or that, whatever. Is. This is also his wife who's, you know, when you're married to someone, you're on board with the just nonsense, right? You're like, oh, yeah, no, he loves yeah, but it's the like, court. He loves the law. But it's the normalization of, like, the bad behavior where it's like, like, why is Jenna Bush on the Today Show? Oh, fuck. Yeah, don't get me. I just, you know. <laughs> I'm Sorry. 
So, I mean, he would actually, he would wake Helen up at like 3 a.m. to read her an opinion he'd written. Wow. Which is super normal and totally cool. It was so great last night. My husband weighed me, woke me up in the middle of the night and read me an opinion he'd written. It was really Helen, wonderful. It was Helen, about a... Helen. It was about... Helen. Yeah. Helen. Yes. yes. Rise, my What's, love. Rise. Helen, uh, are you up? Open your eyes. Yeah, what time is it? It's 3.15 in the morning. Oh, is there something wrong? What's going on? I've just written an unbelievable opinion I want to share with you. Okay. Can we do that in the morning? Or? It's about redistricting certain land areas, and one of the guys has paid me a few thousand dollars to deny um, the thing I was just talking about, which is super specific. So I'd like to read it to you if that's okay. You ready to hear it, baby doll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I don't believe in a lot of things, uh-huh. but um, one thing I do hold strong on is the ability to give a man control of land that he's already had control of. So I think it would be prudent for me to allow the land to stay in the plaintiff's hands uh-huh. and deny the defendant. Uh-huh. This is how these sound. Is this, about, okay. is this about Native Americans? No, 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 no. It's two white men. But um, one of them has paid me a lot of money oh. to deny... Well, he's representing Native Americans. It doesn't matter who's... I, I'm just jazzed about the whole thing. Maybe I should throw in some colorful words. Okay. Oh, and I didn't tell you, I'll be banging the gavel a lot throughout that, too. Oh, great. I'd like to bang you to bang another gavel right now. Mm, you mean write another opinion? Yeah, I'd like you to write an opinion. Strong one. Over and over. Oh, you want a really strong one, huh? Yeah. I'm going to go to the typewriter right yeah, now. You right are. All right, I'll see you later. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Door closed. Person goes back to sleep. <laughs> um, Helen, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> so, now, uh, so now David is... Really drinking. He's really uh, he's really excelling sure. at the drinking. Sure. He went. He got invited to the Tallahassee Bar Association to give a speech. It's his first time there as a Supreme Court judge, and quote, he could hardly stand up, and the room of lawyers could barely understand what he was saying during the speech. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court Justice Ben Overton later said sharing an elevator with David in the morning was, quote, like you were in a bar that had just opened up. Uh, so he's just, dr- I mean, it's what, I mean, yeah, he's a glutton. Yeah. He's, so he's just taking, getting bribed, getting shit canned. He's a, he's a functioning alcoholic. Like there's tons of people yeah. like this out there. He's just. Sounds like he's a thriving alcoholic. Yeah, thri- sure. Uh, Justice B.K. Roberts called him a, quote, falling down drunk. This is stuff they said later. So he's like, he's just like the local Supreme Court Yeltsin. Yeah, and, and everybody, like, it's, it's not like it's, it's an open secret. Like, everybody fucking knows right. this guy's the drug right. judge. Right. He usually didn't make it to court, the Supreme Court in the morning, unless he, there, there were going to be oral arguments, or else he just wouldn't, he just worked from home. Sure. Reporter uh, Martin Dykeman, who wrote a lot of, uh, a lot of this source material, um, quote, Occasionally, he would bring in draft opinions that the law clerks considered bizarre. 
Okay. So he is... <laughs> he's just a... Okay. He's drunk judging. He's a jolly drunk judging. Is, is it... I think there's an English expression which is... Drunk as a judge, sober as a lord. So judges must just bring the hammer, maybe. Oh, my God. Is that really a thing? That's hilarious. Yeah. There's like 18 of those weird little English turns of phrase. But yeah. Uh, okay, so... So f- <laughs> friends and state officials often saw him drunk in chambers as early as 9 a.m. Sure. Now, David started talking to Joyce again in 1973. Oh. All right. All right. She's, she's gone up to Michigan. She wants another break off the Kit Kat bar. <laughs> All right. She's gone to Michigan and remarried, but I guess he goes up there to visit the kids, and then he starts visiting more and more and spending more and more time with Joyce. How bad is her new husband that she's like, yeah, this guy is pretty good. <laughs> now, uh, that's probably what he did. He probably, she was just like in the yard, like having a barbecue with her family, and then he just like grabbed her hand and he was like, she lives with me again now. <laughs> oh, damn it. You know the law. Here we go. What can I do? Man. Off to a new life. Man, Bye, girls. Man want. I go. Man want. Man take. Ow. <laughs> All right. I go in the trunk, he says. Goodbye. Goodbye. So just if Joseph Boyd was elected to the Supreme Court in 1968. Okay. He had grown up a, quote, penniless hillbilly student who slept in haunted houses and fought bulldogs. That was his... Um, Sure. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, um, how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's no, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that all, ma- does that all yeah, make yeah. sense? So, yeah. Yes. It's a, I mean, again, it's a little boring at this point. I mean, you hear it so often yeah. that, um, yeah. a, a child is raised in haunted houses and fights dogs. That's right. So, yeah, it happens. Yep. Yes, of course. Absolutely. So, so he is, Justice Boyd is a, he, before he becomes Supreme Court judge, he's a real estate lawyer. He has almost no experience on the bench. He's a real estate lawyer. That's a totally different animal. So is he just appointed in some BS way as well? No, I mean, he, just... he ran for election. He was, oh, okay. he was whatever, a Democrat or Republican, and people just went, oh, I'm going to vote right. for the Democrat. No one knows anything about the fucking judges. They just, they see the D right. or the R, and they pick them. Right, right. Um, when people, when someone brought up that he had no bench experience, boy said, quote, that is just not true. I was a judge in the Miss Opa Laka beauty contest. Uh, I find, um, Miss Fort Lauderdale to be the runner up and Miss Tampa guilty of winning the competition. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, that is like, <laughs> I mean. Uh, so uh, another judge, Justice. It was a uh, bikini versus talent. <laughs> a landmark case. <laughs> so Justice Hal Deckley was elected to the Supreme Court in January 1971. He felt that he owed favors to donors who had given him money, particularly one guy. Boy, it's. Pretty good, Dave, how they're getting this Supreme Court ready to go. <laughs> they're particularly one guy who was a real estate developer. So he did things for those donors, like call a judge who was overseeing a case and said it was important that his friends win. So now that he's on the Supreme Court, he would start calling lower judges and be like, you know, it'd be really great if, if Frank 
would win this case. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a bud. He's a he's one of he's one of us. He's a bud. It's so cool how in order to get to a position of authority, once you get there, you just pay back all the people who <laughs> helped you get there in a corrupted system. It's really perfect. I wonder why shit's so bad. So. After you called that judge, the judge ended up recusing himself. He's like, well, I can't do this now. But then other judges found out why he recused himself, and then no one wanted to take the case. They were all just like, I don't want the case, like, if that's what's going to happen. Like, it just causes this crazy ripple effect, right? Right, right. Now, Judge Boyd is out golfing with a buddy who happens to be a lobbyist for a utility company. Interesting. And they're talking about this case that, that the utility company has in front of the Supreme Court. Oh, man. Just a couple of guys. Just a couple of guys chewing the fat. Yeah. Just, yeah. Have it regular go- legal golf talk. And, he, and, the, and Judge Boy says, no, we're, we're going to, you know, clearly fine for you guys, your utility company. Obviously. And so the lobbyist is like, hey, cool. What if I write the opinion for you? And then you can, like, turn it in. Yeah, of course. Why would that be? Um... <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, yes. So he does. He writes a fourteen-page, great opinion, and uh-huh. and for some reason, George. Sorry, for some reason, Boyd has it, and he's in his office with I think a couple of his law clerks or whatever. And he and he, it just strikes him. He's like, "Oh, this is a really f- fucking shitty idea. I shouldn't do this." What? When was is that the last time that happened within <laughs> our system that some of us like? I feel like I'm wronging people. I might be doing bad, yes. Am I batting? Me, my bones hurt with bad. <laughs> so, so he asks his, um, wait, he asks. Who is he going to ask? He's like, okay. is it wrong to have the people who we're judging write the opinion for me? Is it strange? So he, okay, this is. He takes his 24-year-old law clerk into the men's room. It's a a strange beginning. Keep going. With the 14-page memo. And Mm -hmm. in front of his law clerk. We're going to poop together. So his law clerk can be a witness. He tears it up and flushes it down the toilet. Okay. It's very, Pro- very normal Supreme. Proving what? Very normal he, Supreme Court stuff. Pro- so I think. Why not just not do it? He's trying to say, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't turn this in and I'm destroying it because it's bad. Like leaving Why out. Why not just not do it? Leaving out the part that it should have never been written for him and sent to him, right? Yeah, I would just be like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Instead of being like, come in here. So I'm horribly corrupted, but I'm going to flush this down the toilet. Make sure you write that down. He will later explain why, but not yet. Okay. But the thing is, is that the lobbyist had also given a copy to Judge Deckley. Okay. And that judge forwarded it to David. Okay. So now David is going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So three. That's exactly how this works. <laughs> so three guys, three Supreme Court justices have seen it. Now. This isn't great timing, it turns out, for this to happen because the Judicial Qualifications Commission, which is this sort of legal body that oversees judges that almost has very rarely formed, uh, like come into a commission to investigate stuff. Well, they're actually now investigating the court because they've heard so many things about 
it, about judges calling judges and being like, hey, can you do me a favor? They, it's, you know, they've heard about Deckley doing this, and they're like, we yeah. got to look into no, this. Yeah, they've, they've heard about the Supreme Mob Court. Yeah, so it's a really bad time to do this thing of letting a lobbyist write your opinion for you. Sure. And then at the same time, the St. Petersburg Times breaks a story about David trying to fix a criminal case in the Court of Appeals, as well as the fact that the, the JQC was investigating David's ties to a powerful lawyer for rich clients. So the, the Firestone lady, the Wakeman, the, the John Deere lady, that guy's clients. Yeah. Now they're like, what's going right. on with this? Oh, so things are looking good for the court and David in general. And so now all of the Supreme Court justices are fucking pissed. They're all pissed. Right. Because someone leaked this information. Are all the judges kind of shady? No, they're mad. Well, no. some are. Most yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, obviously are. some are. Most are. Most at are. least okay. four, right, and there's right. seven on the... But at least four. So there we go. That's a, good. That's a, it's always good to have a corrupted majority. But they're just... They're just mad that someone leaked it. They're literally just mad, like, which right. clerk did that? Like, they're angry at their own right. employees. Yeah, they got thrown out. We uh, took a look at it, and we find ourselves to be pretty innocent on this one. So we're not guilty for us. Really, we're just mad about the loose lips thing, so there's going to be... Uh, there's gonna That's be, terrible. There's going to be some heads rolling. Secrets used to be a big part of this. So the Supreme Court rules on a case that comes in front of it and it forbids the JQC from using wiretaps or conversations from I wonder how the court's going to find for this one from criminal investigations right so so you have a criminal investigation and there's a wiretap but it's not using the wiretap they said you can't use it against judges who tried to influence the case yeah okay so that's I'm just trying to think who that helps <laughs> um <laughs> Because it's a very specific law, but obviously they're, they're, I mean, they're the experts, obviously. Yes, we believe that wiretaps should be legal unless it's about a body of judges who seem to be influencing cases. <laughs> I mean, you're literally being like, uh, the only time you can't do it is the time you're, the thing you're doing right now to us. That is it. Everything else you can do. So this, in no court in all of America has this ever been a thing. There's no... There's no right. previous judgment carve that can cl- carve out for judges. It's, yeah, I mean <laughs> judges, judges. You're like in the legal system, being like, and uh, the top tier members of this system, uh, they yeah, they don't involve. They they're not held accountable. No, okay, great. So yeah, literally no court has come close to this kind of decision. It's re- it's like legally insane that they did this. Right. Even right. Boyd. Now Boyd is not one who influences other judges. He's just an idiot in other ways. He writes an opinion dissenting this, this decision. And he basically right. said later, he, the opinion was written to let the public know, quote, something terrible was happening. Something terribly rotten was happening. <laughs> okay. So it wouldn't take long for the U.S. Supreme Court to throw out that crazy, insane ruling of the Florida Supreme Court. Okay, I thought. Okay, I thought you were going the other way. All right. Yeah. So right. So they're like, no, you can wiretap judges. Yeah. Too. No, they're like, if you hear a judge, and, and, but only when they're, but they shouldn't. Not if the judges were potentially influencing the case. We just think that that at that point, what is the point? You know what I'm saying? It makes no sense. That I mean, who knows? It just, you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't seem to make uh, any sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. So here, 
Yeah, you want some whiskey? Yeah, look. Here's yeah, the, have a little bit of whiskey. Here's my. Here's new, what I'm gonna do. Here's my new. Here's no, 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 go make, ahead. What are you gonna do? Here, I'm gonna. Yeah. My new ruling. I'm gonna write an opinion. I know we've been drinking for a while, but I'm gonna write a new opinion. Yeah. And my it's absolutely very fucking simple. Judges can do whatever Great. in the fuck they want, and fuck you. All right, I'm gonna add a little flavor into this law we're talking about. I'm a little sick of the robes. Thank you. I think a judge should be allowed to walk around the courtroom like he's in his den. Thank and you. And in my den, nudity happens to be allowed. So there's nothing wrong with having a judge in a pair of tight underpants and a couple gold chains and roaming. I, li- I don't like this. This whole bench thing seems like such a formality. Hate it. If the bench is clear, maybe. But I also think the judge should be allowed to sort of walk around Sherlock Holmes style, taking in events and details and, again, casually drinking. And if, look, if it slips out, it slips yeah. out. Yeah. It happens. Look, also. These are loose panties I'm wearing. If it slips out through the side, it slips out through the side. I don't, I don't, I don't sometimes I don't want to go down the hall to the bathroom. I just want to go in the corner, you know? And that's like. There's not, all right. Uh, awesome. 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 Addendum. Judges can make in any zone in the room they want. Thank you. Yeah. I think it just makes total sense. And we're allowed to marry any attractive person people to us by taking their hand that is yeah. a sign of judge marriage yeah that's right and anybody can right. write any opinion whoever we want yeah that's fine and i get and to, when you're I making get to spit. and when you i get to spit on people i get to spit uh, on them that's and you again you could use the toilet anywhere in the courtroom and you could come while you're pissing on the wall or whatever on the bailiff you could say i'm a justice of the piss can i also just say that we get to wear headbands uh, without question, we get to wear headbands, and I think we should be allowed to paint our faces and our chests. Thank you. I'm not fucking around anymore. I'm a little sick of all this rule. No, I should. Rule, rule. You should come into court, see my painted face, and be like, what the fuck is happening? And I should be able to go like, you're goddamn right, you're guilty. Okay, all right. On Fridays, you get to paint a face on your butt and pretend that your anus is the mouth. Thank you. I, th- I think we're done. I think we're done. Cheers. There's nothing left to say now that you signed off on that last part, which I was afraid you were going to find crazy. Nope, it's totally normal. And uh, try, to, try to stop this Supreme Court of the United States. Good luck. Rock solid. Put, Rock solid put decision. The gavel, put the gavel in your butt and pretend like it's a pipe. It's Friday, baby. What? Huh? No, I'm just saying I'm going with the painted face on your butt thing. The gavel end could go in it. It would look like a corn cob pipe. If you painted the right face on your butt, I'm saying. It'd be a funny ad. You could even light it and go, mom, mom, I'm not sure if I've heard enough of this case. You know, stuff like that. Fridays only. Awesome. 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 Not the, I don't, Fucking awesome. Not the, not the pipe thing. Excuse me, I'm a justice of the piss. <laughs> okay, I like that. There we go. Thank you. The Supreme Court threw it out, but during that time when it was... You know, ruled by the Florida Supreme Court and then overruled by the U.S. Supreme Court. It, it gave David, like, it gave him a screen. Like he, it made it hard for the the JQC oh. to go after him. Right. And so, three months after that ruling, David asked to sit in a judge's place. I, I like this is something they could what? do. He asked to sit in the judge's place on the appellate court when a lawyer who brought up tons of contributions had a case scheduled. So he, 
I guess he could literally just go like, "Hey man, you mind if I sit in on this one?" Um, you know, top dog. Like, like you're a tag team. I'm, I'm you a, tag me in. Yeah, I'm top dog, so I can tag, just, let me jump in on this. Tag one. me in. Is that cool? Tag me in. Hit my hand. Yeah, yeah all right, you're in. I'll run the case. <laughs> it's the craziest. It's so weird. Like, how would they think that's a good thing? Anyway, the court. I mean, yeah. I, I well, the problem is the judges are coming up with the laws. Yeah. And so remember, remember what I said, the, the, they were just mad about the leak. So now the court charges Boyd's aide, the guy who went in the bathroom with him, with contempt of court for leaking a different document. What? He had, like, shown a document to a friend, uh, an old classmate. So, yeah, just a, bullsh- a bullshit yeah, thing w- just to bust him for the other thing. Right, he was at the dinner with a guy that he'd gone to law school with. He showed him a thing, and, the, and then the guy turned him in. So... But what did he even do in the first place other than just go to the bathroom? Well, they, it's not even about that. They're just trying to get right. they're trying to get it. They just don't want right. They right. They, yeah. they he knows he knows too much. They blame him for the bigger leak, so they're getting him for a smaller okay. one. Uh, well, what do you expect when you go in a bathroom with two other guys? You're going to get a big leak. Oh, I, hey, oh, all right everybody. Two for one wings. So the chief justice of the Supreme Court wants this legal aid disbarred, but he only gets probation. The aide has already let. He's not even working on this for the Supreme Court anymore. He has now gone to D.C. and is working for the U.S. Justice Department. Good. And when he, he goes to his bosses and he goes, look, I got put on probation. And they say, quote, it's a mark of honor to be held in contempt by the Florida Supreme Court in our department. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh good God. Oh, man. <laughs> so... So there's now major tension on the court. Boyd says the other judges are angry because they all blame him for the memo situation, right? The opinion. And the other judges are like, shut up, Boyd. So they're uh, a... And then a couple of the judges start talking to the newspapers. In a paper reports, Uh two judges said Boyd had gone to a New Orleans clinic for psychiatric treatment and possibly had a nervous breakdown. Okay. And uh, most very, I mean, it's, it's very, it's a lot of undercutting day. Yeah. And most of the justices, it turns out, are now supporting Boyd's opponent in the next election. Wow. So, I mean, it, it is like, it's like the real housewives of the judicial system. Oh, it's crazy. So, right before the Democratic primary, Boyd holds a press conference and accuses. Justice B.K. Roberts of tricking him into going to the psychiatric clinic. Oh, my Lord. So, <laughs> so, so Roberts was at this point, I guess the, Supreme, the chief justice rotates. So he's the chief justice and he, he, Boyd says Roberts told him all the justices had to get mental exams to stay on the court with him. <laughs> what? So, so they're like hazing him they like, into like getting expelled. They like tricked him to go to psychiatric psychiatric. All clinic, the judges are doing and it, then, and then they're like, "He went to a psychiatric clinic." Like then they they're just trying to undermine him in yeah. the election. Just one day, like yeah, the night he was like, "Did you guys get? Did you have you guys gone and gotten your uh, psychiatric evaluations yet?" <laughs> it's really weird. The guy was asking me a lot of questions. He was recording it. Oh god, it's strange. It's weird that we do that. So uh, it's a new thing, is the weird yeah, thing. It's, it's just a new, new thing I hadn't heard of. Yeah. So I was sort of like, but I went and did it twice. So that'll be fine. So now, as far as the JQC investigation, Deckley says, quote, a lack of bad faith and moral 
turpitude in the matter should excuse me from removal from the bench. So he's like, look, I'm, I'm such a good dude that even though I did this thing, I'm pretty fucking rad. And I, I'm an emperor of the court. <laughs> so. And then he said so many memos and briefs came into his office it would be easy for an improper one to find its way in. He goes, I'm just flooded with like memos and briefs. And so, you know, one written by lobbyists, that's going to, that's going to get in here. What am I supposed to do? Be good at this. (laughs) So he also, it's amazing how like that. I mean, for people who had to pass the bar, they've made the bar so low. Oh my God. And so he also said, quote, there has been no wrongdoing, no big deal involved. All right. And I'm sure there's no questions. So we're good to go. It's uh, I get I have. You should see my desk. It is flooded with papers. All bad ones. Good ones. It's all just there's all kinds of stuff on there. I don't have time to do the job you elected me to. Good God. Uh, Now, it turns out the J. QC is also a problem because it's full. It's judges looking into other judges and nine of the 13 have to agree if a punishment is warranted, but some are voting as a block and letting off judges. So all you need is just all you need is five. Right. And then no one can. Nothing can happen. So We've just got a rotting heart of judges that is just going to spread throughout the world of judgment until it. Yeah. So the J, the J, oh Florida, the J, the JQC has a hearing over the lobbyist opinion that was written. Sure, and uh, the judges uh, testified that the pre-written opinion was no big deal. So all the judges on the court are like, "It's no big deal. Someone wrote this it's thing, and it's thing. not a it's whatever not a big thing." And that what it they happens. what they said they're at they're at a hearing to determine how a lobbyist has written the thing, and, and they all come out and they go, look, the leak is the problem. The fact that somebody let this out, that's the problem. That's right. Yeah, right. Yep. And then... The real, that's the issue. <laughs> under questioning, Roberts admits that he tricked Boyd into going to the, the psychiatric clinic. And then, he, after that, he says, well, Boyd's secretary found 11 bottles of pain pills in his desk, all prescribed by different doctors. <laughs> okay, I mean, and then uh, oh, I, I'm what it, the, like. Was he also like? And after your evaluation, um, pretend you broke your back, <laughs> and just go to like eleven doctors <laughs> and just really load up. We're all doing it. It's just the thing we have to do. And then Boyd's secretary comes in, and she's like, "Yeah, he he has eleven bottles of pain pills." And she said Boyd would slam quote handfuls of pills. Okay, so we're just, like, there's just no real, okay. I mean, David's drunk all the time. I know. So our court right now is a guy who's hammered all the time and a guy who's just eating prescription pills, like, for lunch. Yeah, just, yeah, just chewing Vikes. She also said one day Boyd came in and told her that he thought Deckley was going to shoot all of them. So it's a really, oh God. It's a really cool Supreme Court. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, eat a handful of pills, but I feel like Deckley's going to kill us. Anyway, we're probably going to stay a little late tonight. <laughs> then Boyd testifies and says he doesn't remember getting the memo. He doesn't know where that happened. And, sure. and then when he's asked why, he, then, he, then they're like, well, why did you flush it down the toilet? 
And he said, well, look, I used to be an investigator. Quote, I found that this was the most complete way of getting rid of something. How, what, I mean, is this like, what is he, what, how does that even like, it's like, have you never thought of what you're going to say to this question? It's like a, a judge, who, a judge who's like, you know, it, it, it's like flushing heroin down the toilet. It's just what you do. Why did you, why did you bury her? Well, cause I murdered her. So I didn't want y'all to find her. So is that crazy? <laughs> oh my God. So he also said it could have easily been smuggled into his office, which was very easy. Quote, when pe- oh yeah, people are always smuggling briefs in here. <laughs> he said it was really easy. Quote, when people find out what kind of medication I have in my desk drawers, and when I find little pieces of metal on the side of the telephone, which indicates to me my phone is bugged, when things hey, disappear out of my life. Hey, can we take a quick life? recess? Can we, let's just take a quick recess, everyone. I, we don't need to talk for a little bit, I think. The talking seems to be getting in the way of a lot of the things we wanted to say and leave the impression of. Um, <sighs> so, you know, the problem is that, the problem is that I, things will appear on my desk. I've had so much Oxycontin forks stick to me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. No, Your, your Honor, it absolutely makes sense. Um, Thank you. We're going to take a, a break. Uh, I'm going to piss. I'm pissing. Okay. So he's, as you can imagine from this one statement, he is a complete disaster on the stand. Uh, that's not what a lot of us were getting from that, Dave. He only testified for an hour and a half, and during that time, he admitted that he destroyed the evidence that he didn't tell the JQC or the bar or the court about the opinion. Uh, and, that, mm-hmm. and then he also said the lobbyist was someone who always told the truth, even the lobbyist had said Boyd asked for the memo. So he just completely, like, it was just devastating to a bl- himself. It's a blaze, a blaze of glory. Yeah, he, ju- he just set everything on fire and was like, I did it! <laughs> I still, I, okay, I can't wait to figure out why he... I thought it was I think a good that, idea to be like. I think he's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great explanation. Yeah. But it's just like the idea of being like, oh wait, wait, wait. I don't want to get rid of this alone. <laughs> I need people to know I flushed it down the toilet. I mean, there, there really is. He, the only reason you would flush it is because you know it's completely illegal that it's there, and that's. Why you would have a Which witness? I get. You, you're basically yeah. you're basically saying I want the witness to know I didn't use this. But I feel like you're highlighting. It's like you protest too much. I mean, I just feel yeah. like you're saying like just get rid of it. Get rid of it. Just get. I mean, he probably had like a bottle of Xanax advising him like a devil on his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know what you ought to do? Flush it down the loo. <laughs> now Deckley has a completely separate hearing. And in a pretrial deposition over the opinion that the lobbyist brought, Mm -hmm. he said the lobbyist told him he was writing it for Boyd and was going to give him a copy. Was there anything incriminating he was able to say (laughs) that would affect Boyd in any way? Deckley said he thought, quote, this is a nice way to put it. He's not lobbying me, really. He's just giving me a copy. If he is lucky enough for me to be with him, which I think is a nice way for an attorney to do. I, I mean, this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this set of, 
This set of judges. These these are judges. These are judges. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like just like everybody switched bodies and then we're like, how do we pretend we're judges for a week? (laughs) We've got to seem like we know what we're doing. So Boyd and uh, Deckley are charged with conduct unbecoming a judge. Now, (laughs) that's nice. Nice and light. So that, but that's just like the, those are just like the hearings and them determining the charges. So Boyd goes on trial for violating the ex parte rule, destroying evidence, not reporting the memo to the bar, the JQC, or the court. So at this trial, his secretary testifies again, says the exact same stuff. Four days later, he fires her and called her testimony her quote farewell address. Good. I mean, let's it's time to be a little further blatant. Uh, I mean, it's weird. It's almost like they only knew how to like lie a little bit. Like now, it's just if people lie forever. Like they're like their lies will go there. But it seems like you were caught in your one lie. You were like, well, I shouldn't be lying anymore about, you know, whereas now you just lies, beget lies on, you know. Yeah. So uh, Deckley and Boyd are both found guilty of misconduct and it's recommended that they be removed from the bench. So in this court, in this JQC court, they're like, okay, so they've, they've done misconduct and they should be removed. And the final decision right. to remove them is up to this thing called the Supreme Court of Florida. Okay, good. So um, just to be clear, it seems like, I mean, are they literally going to be like, well, I've heard the testimony against me and I'm just not buying it. So how does... So all the other judges, they mostly recuse themselves, but they, but they get to pick their replacement. <laughs> this is just... And then the one guy that the new governor had put on who was super ethical, like the new guy and was like, you know, Uh uh, 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 an honest judge. Right. Deckley went to him and said, I think you should recuse yourself. And he goes, okay. And he did it, even though he didn't need to. He didn't need to at all. But he's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) So Sure, I don't know anything. So it's a panel of seven judges that the court picks. And guess what? The panel... They're, they're homers, yeah. It doesn't, re- it doesn't remove them from bench. It just reprimands Boyd and Deckley. Right. And so Boyd and Deckley are like, yeah. So look. We're back. So they called, they called Boyd's conduct, quote, bumblingly bizarre. But they also said, look, his dad is dying right now, and he's under a lot of mental stress. Oh, for God's sake. And then they say, uh. and then they say they couldn't find any proof that he was, quote, dishonest corrupt or venal or that he accepted a bribe. So they created this new definition and they said, since he didn't take any cash, it wasn't corruption. What, what did he take? He took, he took an opinion from a, a lobbyist. For oh, the, right. Yeah. But, but yeah, to, fu- but it wasn't, is, is he not getting some sort of kickback off of that situation? Well, of course he is. At the end of the day, he would get yeah. help from the a, can- can- a the, campaign contribution at the end of the day is what the he utility. would get. But, there, right. but there's, there's right. no one actually handing him money. But there's no, right. So it's just, they're like, <laughs> right. Okay. They're like, we don't have footage of it. So it's cool. So Boyd and Deckley immediately, they, they go out and they declare victory. And Deckley says, quote, I feel vindicated. 
He said he was happy yeah. and confident that he'd be reelected. But then the next day, you know, people are like, what the fuck is this? And he comes out and he admits accepting the opinion was a, quote, procedural wrong. And he'd be a better judge for it moving forward. He's learned his lesson. He knows what to do now. I and felt then, like being a judge was not one of those jobs where you were learning on the fly. <laughs> Look, I'm getting... Felt like it was kind of like the end of the road a little bit. As a, as a judge, you know, my first few years, I, I did a lot of illegal stuff, but now I'm getting better. I'm doing a lot less illegal stuff. It turns out in order to be a judge, you can't be a criminal. So, and I've learned that. I learned that the hard way. Nobody told me. So after saying he would be a better judge for moving forward, Deckley added that he'd been the victim of a, quote, wicked vendetta. Ah, this, this witch hunt shit always. And then Boyd declared he was, quote, totally unimpressed with the reprimand. So they're just saying that they got away with yeah. it. They don't give a shit. It, what they did was fine. Well, once you, once you get away with it, you're able to declare that it was a witch hunt and that you've been vindicated and all that stuff because it, yeah, I mean, that is the appearance. But it doesn't matter how you get to the place where people stop talking about it. Once you get there, you've won. It's over. So the the judge's staffs, right, they're all lawyers, and they're mm-hmm. just like, this is all too much. And they right. they start turning in their their judges on the Supreme Court for improper behavior and leaking it to the press. Okay. So David is now really angry about these leaks. Good. It's good that he's actually finally focusing on the right stuff, too. And, um, and Judge Roberts says, quote, all of McCain's Irish temper came out and he exploded and explained that he wasn't going to have anybody burglarizing his office. And then David threatened whoever leaked it with a beatdown. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's just like the mafia. It's, no. just, it, it's just, I mean, it's honestly like you just picture Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Judge. <laughs> He's threatening to beat up other lawyers. So, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. So now. He's a judge. So now the, Dave, he, Dave, he is a judge. <laughs> a judge. I mean, I, I really, like. It, you know, I'm not saying it's the most respectable position. Obviously, corruption bleeds into everywhere, but this is like Judge Bolsonaro. Oh, it's crazy. So everyone in the state now flips out because this seems like just obvious good old boy network covering for each other, which it is, right? Yeah. It totally is. Yes, and yes. the Orlando Sentinel said, quote, the Supreme Court treats the judiciary and the legal profession as a private club. So pretty much every paper is just like, this is fucking crazy. Every paper in the state is like, okay, uh, enough. The Florida House starts impeachment proceedings against Boyd and Deckley. So they have... This is where where you tell me that they get to rule over their impeachment. (laughs) So they start start to do impeachment, if you don't know. It doesn't just go straight to impeachment because it's in the House... Of Florida, so they, they start a commission, and the commission decides whether or not there should be an impeachment, and then it goes forward, right. and then they vote on impeachment. So, the articles, yeah, the articles. Um, so Deckley testifies and just fucking buries himself. He just, it's just the same <laughs> stumbling, bumbling shit, and he quits the Supreme sure. Court four days later, while saying he's innocent. He says, "Look." I'm innocent, but my health is suffering, and I can't afford the legal fees on a judge's salary. 
to defend myself against all this stuff. <laughs> Which is why I take money. Here's the thing. I take money because I don't have the money to defend myself from all the legal problems from the fact that I'm taking money. I know it's it's a cycle if you think about it, but I need to be paid more is what I'm saying. Do you understand this? See, but I mean, it's just, (laughs) again, I mean... You the behave. I just love the behavior of being like I, I I'm resigning on my terms. It's like no asshole. You don't get to do that. Why do we? Le- it's it's just so constant that we let people be like. Well, I don't agree with it. I'm leaving. I mean, he he quit because he was gonna go down. Like he was. Yeah. yeah like no, you're, you're saving as much face as possible. So Boyd melted down again in front of the commission while testifying, saying he was the victim of a plot. Quote. Both the black hat and white hat boys are after me. Did I not tell you about the black hat, white hat boys? Well, they're a crew of multicolored, top hat wearing, absolute scoundrels. They've not left me alone for a while. Every night I walk home, I just hear the click clack of chapeaus on their heads. Have you seen Spy versus Spy? It's basically that, but there's ten of them. So. Well, I guess it's time for me to introduce the court to the white hat, black hat boys. Boyd also said his secretary had tried to get him kicked off the court by saying he had a mental illness. Which I don't. It's just that the black hat, white hat boys put a chip in my veins. But the commission... After, right after he testifies, the commission is delayed because the legislator who was running it had a sack on his esophagus, and he had to have surgery, and during the surgery, he almost died. Oh, my God. It was probably money. <laughs> <laughs> so weeks go by, and then they... Th- All right, are we ready to... F- well, hold on, everyone. I've got a throat sack. So weeks go by, and then they finally go, let's have someone else take over the commission. And this new guy does. I mean, this sounds like a student UN. (laughs) Like, it's run with the same. It's like, you don't get to just be like, you'll be China. It doesn't matter. And when they come back into session, the House just decides. It's like bringing a guy, a movie critic, in for the last five minutes of a movie to replace the guy who watched the beginning of it. And be like, now you write, you write, you tell us what it is. And because all this time has gone by, they just decide not to impeach Justice Boyd. What the I fuck? Don't know. Just I don't time know. Has gone by. Well, this is taking forever. We can't impeach at this point. It'd be rude. But Boyd did agree for them dropping the impeachment charges that he would get a mental and physical exam at the University of Florida. It's another trap. Well, they were hoping, having seen him on the witness stand and read about his that he testimony, just, that he, yeah. he, they, they're like, this guy's out of his gourd. Right. And so right. they're thinking he will be, they'll, he'll be declared unfit, and then, then that's easy to take him off the court. That's a super easy right. procedural thing to do. Sure. But he doesn't go but. to the University of Florida. He goes to the University of Miami, and the doctors there say he has no signs of mental illness. And the report said Boyd was, quote, a highly scrupulous and meticulous, almost over-conscientious person who, in spite of his long experience in the political arenas, is probably more vulnerable to criticism than he is likely to believe. And he is a highly principled man. (laughs) He's so principled that your accusations hurt him. (laughs) 
He's sad. Aww. You made him oh, sad. sad you made the judge sad. So he then ran on his next election was coming up, and he said um, <laughs> he's the only judge uh, who's been declared sane no. by this. <laughs> by this. By the way, I guess at this point it actually is a good selling point. He won with sixty. The only sane judge on the court. He won with 60, legally. He won with sixty four percent of the vote. Of course, Dave. I mean, look, he's been declared not insane. <laughs> what a gift! So the House, the focus of the House committee, they're not done, and they then turn their focus on Justice David McCain. Uh oh. Now. One of David's legal aides told the JQC that he had asked for her to find why a case should be appealed, but it wasn't even in front of the Supreme Court yet. So that's not what you would ever do. You're not like, right. hey, what's up yeah, with this case and this thing? Well, no, you're, uh, supposedly your desk is covered in so many papers that you don't know when a, lobbyist, a lobbyist has snuck one in. I snuck in a 14-page opinion into your stack. And then it turned... But he's like, I just want to work on future cases that aren't mine, if that's cool. Is that weird? It's a hobby. Just a little recreational thing I'm doing. Well, it turned out two lawyers involved in the case bought David's old house in Fort Pierce. Interesting. Weird. I wonder what the connection is. The House committee then learned the Florida Department of Law Enforcement had found out David was friends with an ex-prison guard who was put in jail for letting inmates out to commit burglaries. I'm s- Wait, and, wh- and what scheme is that? He gets a kickback? Yeah, he must, he must have gotten a kickback and given them a little bit of money. <laughs> I mean, that is... That is the craziest. Well, you can, sit, you can have your full term, or you can be what we call a prison intern. <laughs> it's so nuts. You can get be a part-time cat burglar for me. And the reason So j- jail or crime, which would you rather? The reason they looked into it is because David had pulled strings to get the ex-guard's civil rights restored. So he must have gotten his voting rights back and stuff like that. So Wow. When the committee hearings were going on, the ex-guard had been charged with smuggling marijuana. So this guy's this guy's deep into the drug world. Now, sure. at David's impeachment hearing. Tons of evidence is presented. All the shit we've already talked about. The committee then decided to survey every judge in Florida and found three more that he had tried to influence by calling. Four ex-Supreme Court researchers said David testified... uh, Four ex-Supreme Court researchers testified that David rigged the courts for his friends and one time bragged that there is a, quote, fix for a specific case. And that guy turned well, out I to mean, be one of his ex-fraternity brothers from college. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It was learned. I, I mean, it, it just it does just show you, like, how casual. Uh, I mean, it's what happens. I mean, it's just so casual. It's out in the open. Quiet parts out loud. It was learned that in February 1973, David paid off his second mortgage, which was overdue at the time, and he paid it with $9,440 in cash, all $10 and $20 bills. It's just, it's also like, like, look, it's a mortgage. It's not that much. Like, it's just like sacrificing, you know what I mean? For your, I, I mean, obviously, look, you're a regular person. But you're paid to just be above this, and clearly you're not, but you're just doing it for, like, your house payment. It's just sort of like, dude, (laughs) come on, dude. Like, not, 
dude. I just love that he paid it in ten and twenty dollar bills. This is totally normal for a judge. <laughs> this is just judge stuff. You know, we get we get paid in Can tips. I'm a judge. I get paid in tips. <laughs> Can you imagine losing count? Oh, shit. Wait, uh, oh, fuck. God damn it. All right, here we go. I'll do the 10s first this time. Get them out of the way since they take so long. Do you think about getting a 50, David? Nah, no, no, didn't uh, cross my mind. I Actually, I, my first instinct was to do it with twos, but they didn't have enough. So when the press questioned him about it, David said the money came from his father-in-law, and he didn't like to deal with checks, quote, so we wouldn't have to go through an audit by the IRS. Why? I mean, (laughs) why even lie? Like, what is the point? Like, if your justification is just so transparent, like, they're like, no, no, we know that. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it legally is what I'm saying. I'm a judge. The, (laughs) The reason why I killed the man is because he owed me money and I hate him. Is that not... What's not clicking for you guys here? So two months after he paid off... I stole the car because I really wanted it to be mine. I wanted to go somewhere. I was in. A, I wanted to head to another place. Do you not... Why is everyone not blinking and looking at me like I'm crazy? So two months after he paid that mortgage off, a union rep was ordered by his union president to... to and the union president is, is a full-on criminal. Um... Mm-hmm. So the union president tells the union rep to take $10,000 in cash and two gold cufflinks to David's office in the Supreme Court. Okay. And the union rep is told not to look. Call him James Bond. He's told not to look in this envelope. And he's like, this is weird. I'm going to look in the envelope. He sees the cash. And then he goes back to the union president and he's like, I don't want to do this. This is like a crime. I don't want to do this. You didn't look in the envelope, <laughs> did you? The president responds to do it or, quote, you won't be around so long and neither will very few members of your family be around. All right, I'll go uh, drop it off. Good to talk to you. That's awesome. That's crazy. So do it or you and everyone you love will die. Oh, then I'm going to do that, it, actually. That's actually a good, that's, that's like the motivation right. I was looking for, actually. Now, get a trot going, too, because you're running behind with all this morality. Yeah, that you yes, that I'm I guess. Upon me. Yes, I, yes. Run, don't walk. Yep, going. So when he takes the bribe to David, this is where it gets crazy for me. David just... T- this is where? <laughs> well, it's so... The brazenness. So he, he hands yeah. the envelope to David, and David just unseals it and dumps out the cash on his desk. Oh, that's nice. And he's like, yeah, it's all there. All right. Yep, all the money's there. Good. This is literally in his office in the fucking Supreme Court. It sounds a little cavalier, sure. Two days later, the union... Here, let's, let's, let's make a video while we're around the money. Let's throw some of it in the air. Here, I'm going to get in my underpants, get a little snifter of whiskey going, and then I'm going to toss it up in the air like I'm Sharon Stone. Ready? You film this. Film this. Uh, so two days later, the union's case goes before the Supreme Court where it got thrown out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Wonder what... Can you see it? Strange. It's hard to... No, I mean, I... I look, there's certain things that I'm like, maybe it influenced, but there's nothing that I'm like, oh, that did it. So, I mean, maybe when he dumped the money on the table, he said, <laughs> that's all there. I love that there were also gold cufflinks, like on top of that. All. Yeah, just like a weird, like, you know what else I really liked were those cufflinks you wore to the Martinez's party. <laughs> so, throw those in, it'll help me make the proper judgment. 
So um, now the John Deere heiress, Wakeman, she yeah, she comes in and Awakeman. she comes in and testifies, and she buries David. It's basically like okay. I was told to that he came to the house. They asked for a thousand dollars. Like it's just her. You know, she's a rich woman, so they're all like. Oh, right. I believe her. Whatever. It just Who cares. Right. Completely buries him. And they, and they immediately vote right. to impeach. The chief counsel for the impeachment said, quote, we had more than enough evidence to show the man to be a thorough rascal. Yep. A legal rascal is what he is. Now, after they vote to impeach, David talks to the press and says that uh, he is being treated. It's a witch hunt. He is being treated like a common criminal. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, right. you thought because you wore a black robe, you're not? You're a superhero? But remember, he's still on the court making decisions. <laughs> I mean, for how long? A case at this time allows suspended or dis- disbarred lawyers to work as paralegals. So he literally, he, he is, him and Boyd are still on, and they're both at a place where they could lose their jobs on the Supreme Court, and then they are right. part of a decision that says, well, if you lose your job as a judge or lawyer, you can work as a paralegal. And the, and the JQC is like, no, this can't be a thing. And they're like, no, we're going to need this. No, they're judges still, so that's not how it works. So they're setting themselves up to help themselves down the road. Yes, very... <laughs> Now it's good. Now David has been a judge for a while, and he only needs four more months to get his pension. Oh my God, Dave! You are twentieth t- century Fox <laughs> presents. So he makes four months to pension. He comes to an he goes to the governor. And he comes to an agreement that he would resign if he would get his pension, and the governor says, "Okay." Oh man, that is such bullshit. And then he resigns, and in his resignation letter, he says his record was, quote, not only defensible, but untarnished. Because I said so. He tells the governor, quote, without hesitation or, or equivocation, I cannot conceive of any wrong or misdoing on my part. Unless, I, see, unless I, compassion for your fellow man it somehow became offensive. If that fellow man is me. <laughs> if I'm the fellow man that needs the compassion. That's the thing. I do think they convince themselves that I, I, I think you have to be convincing yourself that, you know, you're it's maybe not even that you're doing good, but it's a really hard system to navigate. And you're finding the way to get the things that you need. You know, I think that there is like uh, just an enormous level of Kool-Aid drinking that goes on with, being, you know, because you're surrounded by it. So I think you just sort of, it, you know, it's business as usual. Yeah, so. and then I would also add to that, like, this is why you don't tell a child that he's the special one. <laughs> yeah, see what happens when you support your kids too much? Because he, he's like, I can't do any wrong. Yeah. I'm the special one. I can't miss a mortgage payment. I'm the perfect kid. <laughs> but in the end, the agreement with the governor doesn't mean anything, and he loses his pension. So he's out. Oh, okay. He's got his pension, and okay. he... He told Helen the impeachment thing was rigged from the beginning. It's a witch hunt. So now, according to Helen, the plan is now to move to Orlando, which no one should ever do, ever. That's not a thing. It's a good, always a good start to a plan. It's like saying... So the plan a, is, we're going to move to Orlando. Uh, okay, uh, great. I'm, I'm no. out. I'm out, I'm out, by the way. So I'm out on the plan. But go, I'd love to hear where it's headed. <laughs> and there, he would set up a law firm, then expand... And open up law firms, branches in Miami and Fort Pierce. 
Sure. That's according to Helen. But David has other ideas because he had talked Joyce into leaving her husband and she had moved back to Fort Pierce in 1976. The plan... Is he about... Uh, no. ...is to Go divorce on. Helen when everything calms down and then he would remarry Joyce. Then um, they live happily ever after. Sure. But around this time, he ends up in a hospital... I think he goes in to get treatment and ends up in a hospital psychiatric ward. So he's in there for, oh, he's wow. in there for a little spell. And when, when, he, when he was out, the Miami Herald wrote, quote, McCain consoled himself with Chivas Regal. Sure. Yep. That's a, yep, a prescription. In 1977, David was arrested for drunk driving and lost his license for what? 90 days. Okay. It's always amazing to me how long alcoholics can go without getting a DUI. It's really, yeah. like, it just, just shows you how it's functioning they can be, you know? Yeah, right. Um, one night, he confronted three loud teenage girls outside of his Miami apartment. I'm sure you handled this fine if we're hearing about it. One of their mothers, quote, I came out in the hall, and he was standing there in his skivvies, his boxer shorts, and a T-shirt. He was holding a loaded gun at his side. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, you know... It just hearing that makes you think this guy should still be a judge. <laughs> like, he still has it. There's no doubt. So he's charged with aggravated assault, and he gets a year probation, and the court makes Let me him. guess. He's the, one, he's the one who gets to see the case. <laughs> the court makes him go to rehab. Okay. So he sobers up. He's actually sober. Okay. He's sober for a year. Now he's what did I do? I'm a, I've been a horrible judge. <laughs> he is still working as a lawyer, but now the Florida bar, I mean, they've wanted him disbarred. That, that's been sure. their goal. So in June of 1978, the Supreme Court disbars him. And David is super despondent, and he starts drinking again after that year of sobriety. Right. He clerks at some law firms, right? He can clerk. Uh-huh. As he set he himself up with his own... He, he, he made a great decision for the, <laughs> like, the state. That and himself. He's like, I knew it! I knew it! Yeah. He clicks to some law firms. He's kicking around Miami. He tried to start a business as a consultant, but he failed. So he needs to make money. He needs money. Yeah. Remember that guy? The ex-guard who was into pot? Yeah, yeah, the guy who would let the release prisoners. I can't connect those two, but David then became part of an attempt to smuggle 30 pounds of marijuana from Columbia to Florida. Oh, my God. What a capper. What? <laughs> okay. So David's one of the investors, and they buy a shrimp boat named Lady Hamilton, and mm-hmm. they send it to Columbia, but it comes back mm-hmm. with no pot. Well, that seems like an issue. So David grills the ship captain about where he'd gone in Columbia because the guy's like, it wasn't there. And, he, and, and the, whoever, it's either undercover agent or they had tapes, but they were the, the oh, investigators a- are like, it's obvious that he, David knew Columbia very well. Oh. So the boat is sent back to Columbia and this time picks up the load of pot. And it sails up and is near the Keys 
and where it's going to meet two lobster boats, and then it's going to be offloaded onto the lobster boats and then taken onto Florida land. But as they're in the middle of doing it, a U.S. custom boat rolls up. One lo- Let me see these lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> One lobster. It's weird. I don't, there's not a strong seafood smell coming from this big shrimp boat and this lobster vessel. One lobster crew is arrested. The other boats are able to get away. They then told, so they they come back and they tell David both boats were captured. So one lobster boat was able to get away with pot on it, but they come back and they go, they got them both. David loses his investment and he ends up being charged, but he's not done. In September 1982, he was charged again. He was again an investor in another shrimp boat, this time using the alias Joe Rico. The problem is that I used my name for the first crime. (laughs) Unfortunately, David McCain's no longer with us. I mean, could Call you me Rico. could you imagine going from being a judge in the Supreme Court to now using the alias Joe Rico to buy pot? <laughs> well, what's amazing is the second time around to be like the only thing I did wrong was be be me. I'm Joe Rico. No, I'm Rico. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very. I mean, look, it's obviously very validating for the fact that this person should not be a judge. Yeah. Uh, so again, boat goes down to Columbia, this new boat that they got, it is, uh, believed it picked up about 10,000 pounds of pot, but soldiers capture the crew and the captain and threaten to kill him. And they call David and they ask for half a million ransom. And David says, quote, I'm sorry, I can't help you. (laughs) That's it. That's the, that's what he does. Uh, but oh then, God. I'm not sure how this happens, but somehow the DEA gets the boat. And the sheriff of Cameron Parish says, quote, through informers, wiretaps, and statements by co-conspirators, we got McCain on state, then later federal indictments. He had a key role in the operation. Later, I heard from good sources that he had become a government informer. This guy. I mean, honestly, wherever the, a moth that just finds the lightest light. Right. So, so he was arraigned in January 1983, and he got bail. And the day before his arraignment, he just he takes three suits, some underwear and socks, and he just bails. That's all he takes. He okay. didn't tell his lawyers. He didn't tell Joyce that he's going. He told a friend that he didn't think he'd last a minute in prison because he'd been a judge. So no one knows exactly what... David McCain was doing. He told Joyce that he spent three years living alone in a motel room. Some think he was traveling in South America. Others that he was using an alias in Miami that was set up by Cubans who he had helped over the years. But most people, and it seems like what really happened is that he had a deal with the FBI and was a narc. Right. The bail bondsman who put up his bail that he walked out on. Obviously, the guy's out like 50 grand, so he searched for him and couldn't find him. And the bail bondsman has millions of connections, and he couldn't find anything. He was sure that David had become a government informant. A longtime friend of David said he was actually working as a paralegal for a law firm using an alias in Columbia, South Carolina. The friends friends said they would go to have lunch right near the federal building. So the building, the restaurant is full of feds and David was never slightly worried about it. 
He, yeah, he, I mean, he's been, his whole career is like lazy. So why, <laughs> why would he be like careful now? Well, when his friend would say, aren't you worried about this? He would just wink and say, quote, don't worry about a thing. He was just walking around. Morning, Ted. How's the wife? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I, I owe you a burrito. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So um, things are fine. So he was just walking around in the open and the friend was convinced he was also working for the feds. He's like, yeah, he's working for the feds. Right. Okay. So in 1986, David reached out to his kids, the ones he had with Joyce, and he told them he was sick. He had cancer. So his son comes up and helps him stay in hiding in Jacksonville. He's now using the alias Tom Mills. And then Joyce and their daughters would come up and they would take care of him. They paid all the doctor bills in cash. He would go out fishing with his kids and grandson. But then... Word came the cancer spread too far. He always had an Alcoholics Anonymous book with him at this time, but he kept smoking. He never stopped smoking. He died on uh, November 11th, 1986. The day he died, a letter was delivered to the U.S. attorney in Miami. David had written what it would take for him to surrender. He wanted to wipe the slate clean, turn himself in, and then be released to die, but he died first. Honestly, very fitting. Um, Boyd remained on the court and became chief justice in 1984, the last year before mandatory retirement from the court. Interesting. So he was able to stay in the blood. And he, you know, the thing about Boyd is Boyd wrote a lot of dissenting opinions against the, when there was clear corruption going on. Right. And that's why a lot of the other guys in the court were mad at him. But he had also, I mean, he was dirty too. Like he did take the, Opinion from the from the lobbyist because he was caught up in all the bullshit. But then he ripped it up. And he ripped it I up. I mean, it's it is that there's just such a low bar with these people yeah. that you that we've just talked about. Yeah, the fact that the one guy is like, I should flush this. It's like we have a hero. Well, also he's a pill freak. Like all of his his crazy right. rants. Like he's not fucking good either. But right. you know, what, Jesus Christ, what a just insane. So, so oh, yeah. basically, it's like fear and loathing in the legal system. In the middle of all this, they got they made it so people didn't elect the the voters were like, no, we shouldn't be electing these people. The the, the governor, so the 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 people of Florida said, take it away from us. We're not doing this well. So after that, the governor started picking Supreme Court justices, and then it slowly cleared up, and it got more honest. And oh, man, well. but still, I mean, look, look. <laughs> Kavanaugh is on the U.S. Supreme Court, and he had, I think it was a $63,000 debt wiped out right before, months before he was put on the court by we don't know who. So it's no fucking different. It's no different. No, I mean, well, I, I think the thing is that, you know, when you think of, like, the Supreme Court, you know, it just obviously it has changed dramatically as far as like what uh you know what it takes all right sources for this are the miami herald the tampa tribune the orlando sentinel and the book a most disorderly court scandal and reform in the florida judiciary by martin a dykeman a really good book he was a reporter that was there when it was all going on we signed cars Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 